Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott, alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Sean, hot enough for you? It is a scorcher here in the nation's capital, out of nowhere. Scott, you're a meteorologist. Uh, What's going on out there? You know, everybody tells me I can't complain about the cold and the heat. I have to pick one. And I say, no, that's a false. I can complain about anything. That's my right. Uh, just like a, a blocking system with uh, no real front coming through till Sunday. So, you know, we're sort of stuck under this hot and sticky with no real circulation. Hmm. Going forward, we might see some pop-up uh, showers, maybe some pop-up thunderstorms, but uh, hard to predict Yikes. when it's this kind of air mass. Yeah, and this is the sort of thing you would expect in July, August. Uh, not so much as we head into the long weekend across the country. Yeah, Sean, uh, May 2-4 is actually on the 24th this year. I, I think that's pretty uh, pretty cool. Yeah. I ho- hope everybody is staying safe, getting those vaccination appointments when you can, uh, getting in to get that stuff done, because hopefully that would mean by July 1st, by Canada Day, we'll be able to have some outdoor celebrations. Yeah. Yeah, of course, on Monday, the 2-4, it is Victoria Day. Scott, how do you celebrate uh, Queen Victoria well, I mean, obviously, privately. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I hope everyone's doing well, staying safe out there across the country. As, uh, you know, so, some provinces have announced opening strategies, while Manitoba has announced new restrictions. So certainly a mixed bag out there. And we hope everyone is, is staying safe, doing well. And Scott, as we convene here, there is one event still going on. We'll get to that in a different episode. But... I do want to look back. We wanted to take this opportunity to look back on what was the the bubble in Calgary. I was very skeptical that Curling Canada would be able to pull this off. I am glad that I was wrong. I, I By the end of it, I was kind of sick of hearing about how they were working with Alberta Public Health. Like There, there was mm-hmm, just a mm-hmm. couple too many in- instances of that. For me to be like really comfortable with but overall I, I think the bubble obviously went well no positive cases in the bubble we'll talk about the german team a little bit but they came in with it so overall i think we have to assess the bubble as a massive success far exceeding my expectations and now we can look back on it hopefully fondly i think so i think so sean you're right it is what what i would call a massive success Given that it was three months, really, it was, it was basically three months long of keeping COVID out of the bubble with people coming and going all the time. And it's just a really, really amazing feat. You know, we've seen the bigger sports, baseball and hockey and basketball and stuff, and they've had players that have become infected and they've managed to sequester them from the team and keep the season going. But I don't think that's like really what you could call a success because people are still getting sick. What Curling Canada and the people in Calgary were able to accomplish is is really, really quite amazing and uh, huge kudos. 
to all of them. Yeah, uh, no question about it. Well said, Scott. So as we look back, we thought it would be fun as we are at the end of the season to do some curling bubble superlatives. Some of these we put out to the folks on social media. So we had some votes for these. Other ones we just came up with ourselves. Scott, are you a fan of superlatives? Yeah, Sean, I am. I think uh, I got voted something in my yearbook. Nice. Mm, maybe not. <laughs> I can't remember. Okay. It's too long ago. But yeah, I think it's sort of a fun way to look back at at the event that was and highlight some of the things that weren't necessarily the winners, but are some of the things that we'll remember yeah. going forward from this bubble. Yeah, so we have 12 categories here of superlatives, and we'll go through them, talk about some of the nominees, and then the winners as we, we look back on the three months in Calgary. Scott, let's start with the first one, big award, top moment of the bubble. And our nominees are, or I guess our honorable mentions are Vic opening up the Scotties on Friday night with a bit of a Vic essay. Really got you in the feels, right? Vic is back. The mm. music's there after such a long break between events. Really, really got you right there in the gut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Carrie Galusha beats Rachel Holman on the Monday morning at the Scotties. That was a game that was postponed. Only game on the ice. Carrie Galusha goes out there, beats Rachel Holman. Carrie Galusha was emotional after. Big win for her. Unfortunately, she couldn't parlay that into the championship pool. But that was a great moment on that Monday morning to see for Carrie Galusha. Huge moment. You you definitely don't expect her to beat Holman on a, with a single sheet in play, right? You think yeah. that Holman's got all the advantage there. But a real gritty, gutsy performance from our uh, friends up north. Yes. Uh, then Darren Molding wins the Briar. Now, I know we could say the whole team botcher. I know they all lost three finals. But to me, it was Darren Molding winning the briar he is at such a long journey not that the other guys haven't but darren's older than they are he mm-hmm. if you want to say that there's like a minor league of competitive curling he was in it for a very long time toiling away won a mixed national championship and he, he's just sort of the lifeblood i think of, of that team to a certain extent and just seeing him win it uh, one of the genuinely good guys that was a, a very nice thing to see Absolutely. Absolutely. And he's been very open and transparent about his sort of place in the curling world and acknowledging that he doesn't have many years left. And, you know, having lost three in a row, that's really difficult to deal with when you're thinking, you know, how many chances do I have left to come back? Right. It's, it's hard. It's a hard thing to do to make uh, the Briar final. It's even make it to the Briar is hard. Uh, So to see him overcome all that, and when, yeah, that was pretty, uh, pretty heartwarming. Absolutely. And then next up, another heartwarming moment. Estonia wins during the Women's World Curling Champion, Marie Termon. First time that an Estonian team has won a game at a four-person world championship. A, a wonderful thing to have that come across the wire. I would say we saw it, but we didn't see it because there were no yeah. broadcasts at the time. But a, a great win for Estonia and, and always fun when new teams and new countries are represented at the highest level and, and win a game or two. Yeah, for sure. A pretty, pretty cool thing to happen. Uh, for sure. I've, I've got one more Sean that we don't have on our list. Okay. That I, I just thought of while we were talking about speaking about things we didn't see. 
Switzerland scored an eight ender in the women's world championship. That's true. Yeah, that is uh that's one you don't see very often. That yeah, you never see that. I I can't believe I didn't think of it till right now, <laughs> but uh pretty crazy. That said, you know, we didn't really see it. So did it really happen? It doesn't really count. It's true. Who knows? But So it's got to be worth something. Got to be worth something. You got that right. All right. But Scott, the winner of the best moment of the bubble is the land acknowledgement. First time that we've had one as part of a broadcast. We saw them at the Briar in 2020. And this is part of truth and reconciliation in this country. One of the calls to action in the Truth and Reconciliation Commission final report is to know the territory on which you live. And certainly out in Calgary, they made reference to the treaty. And there was some discussion about the land acknowledgement. It was coming from Indigenous Tourism Calgary. But it did seem to be done within the the spirit of reconciliation, mentioning the treaty and just whose land this is. This is, I think, a big step in the country. First time that, again, as I said, first time that we've seen that in the broadcast. Really love to see it. And we got it for both the Briar and the Scotties. Just a nice step forward by Curling Canada TSN to work with the folks there in Calgary. For sure. That's uh, the reason we chose this as the winning moment is because it is a step forward and an important thing when it comes to uh, Indigenous relations in in our country. So uh, kudos to the organizing committee and TSN for showing it. Uh, I think that's really great and it should be a part of all events going forward. All right, Scott, do you want to walk us through the next category? Do I ever? The, the, so the next category, this is one that we had on Twitter to, for the fans to vote, and it's the best Laura Walker gif of the event. And yes, I call it a gif, Sean. <laughs> I'm not one of these uh, hard J or soft. I don't even know which one's which. That's uh, how I pronounce it because I'm I'm that age, I guess. Hey, you do you, so, man. You do you. Exactly, exactly. So we had three that were voted on. One that was brought up by one of the listeners uh, that's saying, hey, what about this one? Yep. And and I'll read that too. So the first one was her saying, I'm back, ready to make a shot. Was this was this like when she did make that uh, shot when in mixed doubles? No, this was early. This was in the Scotties. It was the opening weekend. So yeah, either Saturday or Sunday, she had been struggling, makes a shot. And it's not just the I'm back. It's She okay. does sort of the head waggle. Oh yeah, the side to side shimmy yeah, a bit. Like I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Uh that one clocked in 17.9% of the vote, Sean. So uh, not the winning one. Sad. The next one, uh the I got a P, <laughs> which uh was uh you gotta watch out for those hot mics, you know, always uh always around those hot mics there with uh with that one. We all remember that. Yeah, that was a fun one. Like, it was just after the end. She makes the shot. It's like, great. And so they all, you know, they leave the mic on to be like, because you can hear them be like, oh, that that one ran a little bit much. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. good curl there. Nice speed. And they all convene. She just goes, I got to pee. <laughs> <laughs> and and certainly with uh, no crowd, yeah, there's no crowd noise that, uh, <laughs> you know, like might 
temper the noise on, on the microphones. Yeah. It's loud and clear. Yeah, and part of the what was great about that was Vic's reaction too. He's like, "Okay, all right, good to know." Like, like he really <laughs> didn't know what to say. Cool, good, good story. Uh, and another honorable mention we'll give is is her sort of eye, side eye, side shifting eye. Mm-hmm. It's hard to describe uh, these these things, right? Is uh, you know she made a shot and was kind of like, "Ooh, that was close." <laughs> Uh, going back and forth. That's another honorable mention. But Sean, the the winner by a landslide, I would say over 50% of the vote, yeah. a majority amongst these options uh, is her sitting in the crowd and having baby Liam <clears throat> grab at her face mask. Yeah. And, and it seems like she's laughing pretty hard at that. Yeah. Because it's not just that he's grabbing at the face mask. He pulls it so that it's taut and then snaps it right in her face. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it is so funny, and yeah, she is clearly laughing during it. It is hilarious. It's amazing that the cameras got that. I believe that was during the players' championship in the playoffs. Just a mm-hmm. just a great gif. It's, I think it's <laughs> not just the Laura Walker gif of the bubble. I think it that's the gif of the bubble. For sure, for sure. That's uh, one of the classics. Yeah, and yeah, fifty two percent of the vote definitely worth it, and. I'm choosing to believe that this is baby Liam's first award ever. So congratulations to baby Liam. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, you're a, a part of history. Yeah. It's a real feather in his cap. <laughs> All right. Uh, so next up, our next category is the weirdest oddity of the bubble. We had some strange moments during the bubble, some related to COVID, some not. So let's start with the COVID ones. They're going to start with the false positives after the men's world championship that shut down the playoffs on Friday night into Saturday morning. We had reports of teams testing positive as they exited the bubble that shut down all the playoffs for Saturday, had to compress everything in. And then we found out that officially these were false positives, just a really kind of strange, surreal moment. Also the, they didn't tell Chris Plies that his positive test was determined to be a false positive. Kind of strange. So that whole situation, mm-hmm. just very odd. Yeah, super odd situation and not, you know, not a great look for uh, WCF there. Uh, we talked about it a little bit in our uh, our previous show, but just uh, a lot of lessons learned that I think they brought forward into future you know, dealing with Alberta public health and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like a weird thing, Devin Haru's tweeting, I'm awake at one in the morning for some reason (laughs) seeing, oh no, this, there's a positive test. What's going on? So yeah, a lot of uncertainty and a very weird, like you say, weird moment. So another COVID moment, no broadcast for the bulk of the women's world curling championship. They had positive tests within the broadcast crew, had to shut it down from Sunday till Friday. So we lost all of that time watching the games. You mentioned the missed eight ender meant we missed the Estonia win really weird, Scott, to not have any coverage of the women's world curling championship. Yeah. It's almost like, did it really happen? Like we said before, but uh, I mean, obviously uh, the right move was made by WCF to, you know, make sure everybody's safe. Uh, getting taken care of, not trying to spread anything. Uh, it They did a, a good job, but you're right. It was so weird to have a world championship going on with no broadcasts. It's like, like what? 
I can't yeah. I can't even like look at a static overhead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a little a little weird. Yeah. Uh, also weird during the women's world, Germany played the whole event with three players. Daniela Jensch and the squad out there with three played pretty well for having a team only of three. Now you'll see this occasionally at events. Someone gets sick or an injury where a team has to play with three. I don't think we've ever seen a team go through a whole event with only three at this level. You know? No, no, not at this. I mean, the, at the Grand Slams before, uh, team McEwen played with only three. Yeah. But that was sort of like planned. Yeah. To, to what extent it was planned, I don't know. But they knew that they were only going to be playing with three. Germany brought five people to the world championship. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And then two of them were in a quarantine hotel for uh, the whole time. So very and, and like very gutsy, very impressive to, for them to even come close to competing. Uh, I, I was pretty impressed. Yeah. A wonderful story all week for Daniela. And I did love her her interview after where she was asked how tired she was. And she was, she was like, well, it's the same for me. Ask, ask the <laughs> other two girls. Like, yeah, <laughs> I was just standing there. <laughs> Yeah, such a good, like great sweeping uh, performance. It's really, really hard. Yeah, uh, no question. The next oddity, Darren Moulding, Joanne Courtney withdrawing from the Canadian Mixed Doubles Championship. This, Scott, I think is the first time that I can recall a team having to withdraw from a national championship after the event had started. They played a couple games. Darren's back goes out. If he hadn't been playing in the world championship, maybe they could have played. That seemed to be the indication that he gave. But having a team and a top team at that forced to withdraw from a national championship, don't see that all the time. No, very, 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 very rare. And of course, in the four-person game, you've got a spare just in case this happens. But in mixed doubles, you can't do it. Uh, No spares allowed. So uh, pretty surprising, but I think Sean, uh, the things we've got coming, if you had told me at the beginning of the bubble, somebody's going to have to withdraw. I, I wouldn't have been as surprised as some of this other stuff coming up. Okay. Well, the next one on the list is the Northwest Territories having food poisoning. Wake up Saturday morning, second day of the bubble. We've gotten through the first day and boom, game postponed. <laughs> Yeah, and you don't know what to think of it. Like, oh dear. Yeah, <laughs> is is this already happening? But you're you're right. Luckily, it was food poisoning. Luckily, I, I mean, don't tell Joanne Rizzo that that's lucky. Well, it's better than COVID. It's no? better than yes, it's better than COVID. But I don't think she's gonna. I don't think she's necessarily looking back on the experience, thinking that it was lucky. Lucky would be that not happening. Well, yes, it obviously would be better to not happen, uh, but. Again, you know, if you told me somebody was going to get sick, uh, be it food poisoning, be it COVID, at the beginning of the bubble, I wouldn't have been surprised. All right. Yeah, that's why the winner is Steve Laycock breaks the ice. (laughs) Came on, I believe it was the Thursday, no, Wednesday night against Brendan Botcher. Slams his broom, didn't have the pad down, big chunk out of the ice. And it forced that game to be delayed by about 45 minutes. A really late finish. Brendan Botcher actually lets out emotion after he makes a really tough shot to win the game. You could tell that Alberta was really frustrated in the moment. They didn't say so mm-hmm. afterwards, but you could kind of tell in the moment. Just really weird, Scott, to, to see this. Guys bang their brooms all the time. I never like it. 
I especially don't like it if you're going to hurt the ice. No, you, you don't. And the reason this is the, the winner for me is because it's the most surprising. If you had told me it was going to be Steve Laycock yeah. getting angry and breaking the ice, I would have been, you know, I would have given you such long odds on that. You know, uh, impossible to predict. Such a calm guy most of the time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's why it wins my vote for most surprising oddity. Yeah. So with a, a team uh, or a field of 18 guys, you have, so what does that work out to? Like 80 players who are on the ice regularly? Something like that? What, something like that? Whatever it is. Uh, yeah, he would have been in the 70s of, of yeah, my yeah, rankings yeah. of guys who might do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Steve Laycock. The weirdest oddity of the bubble. All right, Scott, what is up next? Up next, Sean, there's another Twitter poll we did. The bubble necessity we should keep going forward. Yeah. So this is which change that was made is the one that we should keep. So I'm going to go through this from the lowest number of votes up to the winner. Okay. So the lowest number of votes, no handshaking. Sean, that 8% of the vote uh, voted for I was surprised at that. I thought that would be higher. I, I didn't realize people were so invested in handshaking. Well, Sean, everybody likes uh, shaking hands, giving a firm handshake. I mean, I guess. like We got to bring that back. The waving was weird. I, I, I grant you that the waving back and forth was weird. Once they figured out the, the broom tap. Yeah, I think the broom tap was the best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up, Sean, I, I'm a little surprised by this. The No electric handles got 12% of the vote. So people... <laughs> are saying we should like mostly no, we can get those electric handles back. I, th- I think they cause more delays than, you know, they help with, with hogged rocks. Every curler who gets a red one is going to be like, Oh no, I didn't hog the rock. I haven't ro- hogged a rock in my life. Yeah. 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 I, we can get rid of them. It's fine. Yeah. Clearly no players voted in this poll for that to only be 12%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up, all the games on the scoreboard, Sean. That's the uh, the sort of four view yeah. that we had so that every every game on the ice had an overhead camera view so people didn't have to go back and forth as much. That got 28% of the vote. That's pretty good. I, I think that's probably my vote for this. Uh, one of the best things, right? You save time. You're not uh, running back and forth. Pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see if they do this with fans in the stands and how that would change the fan experience, because having that overhead as a fan can be useful if you're at the opposite end or you're at the side and you want to see on the the far side. So I'm thinking even from the fan experience, would that improve it as opposed to what you normally get in the building is the TSN feed. So would this be an improvement if we could just have all four static or even, even if they switched it, if there's someone there who could switch it each end. And so you just have four houses up on the scoreboard for whichever house is active for each game. Would that be mm-hmm. a, an improvement for the fan experience? Yeah, I think, I, I think I would like it. And a last Sean, the winner of the poll with again, a, a majority of the vote, 52%. People really liked having coaches at both ends of the ice. Yeah. Weird, eh? That was weird. I was very surprised that, that got, <laughs> the the number one finisher of of all the votes like because who cares (laughs) yeah i was i was really floored by it i guess the benefit of it 
is that there's less walking potentially for the coaches, but it's really dependent on just which end you call your timeout in. Yeah. I, I think an amendment that I would want for this is at that the coaches move each end. So you have one coach from each team at whatever end they're throwing towards. Yeah, you could do that. And then you eliminate the travel time situation. But yeah, I was very surprised that this one got such a high percentage of the vote. The other thing too that's strange about it is that you you the game ends, you're like, all right, good game, good game, good game. Uh, and then like someone always goes down to pick up a broom or a gripper or something. And then you've got to cross each other again. And then like, and then this way mm-hmm. you're not saying good game to the other team's coaches. Like, I don't know. There's something just a little off about it, but Hey, the people spoke. The people have spoken. That's right. That's right. So what's next, John? Next up, we have the best character from the bubble. And we're going to do an episode this summer about curling individuals as TV characters as opposed to them as actual people and what the difference is and how we assess them. But we had some great characters uh, this, this year, Scott. Always some great characters in the world of curling. Yeah, so... The first nominee, Ben Hebert. This, I think, is just more of a legacy nomination because he always is kind of a character. But this year, I felt he was a little more muted. I I felt so, too. I I do think this is the uh, sort of Meryl Streep for Into the Woods acting nomination, you know, kind of. Yeah, you know, he's great. He's a great character. He should be in this category. Did he do anything to identify or to set himself apart? I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Greg Smith, Skip of Newfoundland and Labrador. The way I would summarize Greg Smith is uh, I tweeted this uh, at one point where they showed him do a line call and the TV was on mute. And I just tweeted that my TV's on mute, yet I could still hear Greg Smith <laughs> on that line call. <clears throat> yeah, fun fun guy to have at the events. Uh, he's got a lot of passion for curling and it shows. Uh obviously he'll be a, a character at any event he's in. He was great in the mixed doubles too, yep. uh, as well as the Briar. So yeah, good good call on including him in this. I would argue though, Scott, that his best moment of the year of 2021 so far, curling-wise, was when he won the Newfoundland Labrador tankard and jumped four inches in the air. <laughs> like that was well, my favorite. You could, yeah, you, know, you got to out-jump Cooey. So yeah. uh, pretty good. <laughs> Uh, next nominee, Heather Nedowin, also sort of a legacy nominee, but she had the best coaching moment of the bubble where she came out and the the team, uh, Anderson, they were talking and they were just talking about what to do, what shots to play. And she just goes, all right, just don't give up a three baller. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's good advice. Good coaching. Good advice. Yeah. She went to the... Um... Oh, she went to the Gunner School of Coaching. <laughs> yeah. We get one, they get one, we get one. We win. It's easy. We win. Yeah, <laughs> it's easy. But Scott, this year, I think it's a runaway for the best character of the season, and that is Loopy Vic. Yeah, it, it's got to be Vic this year. He was stuck in that bubble, didn't quite know what to do. <laughs> he was making jokes to everybody. He he was all over the place this this year. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Uh Lubivic, like when they were talking about, hey, we were finally able to walk around the parking lot today. Uh he, he seemed <laughs> to have so much fun with that. Uh him and Kathy 
uh, so much banter back and forth, which is always great. The discussion of like when they would go like Vic, Vic would say something and be like, oh, that's a good point, Vic. And he'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Remember that. <laughs> hey, I made a good point. Way yeah. to go. Yeah. Just uh, really uh, free and easy, Vic, I think. Yeah. Free and easy. This uh, and then the best, the best of it all, though, was at the end where they're back championship weekend for the women's world. He's just saying Russia, every other word, just <laughs> like he was done, ready to go home. And he's like, these people are from Russia. Let's not put up this facade any longer. Yeah. And just like not really caring about, you know, he, he would say, Oh, there's some grand slam events or there are some events, some tour events. <laughs> yeah. Instead of saying the grand slam, just, uh, Yeah. Yeah. All time Vic this yeah. week. My favorite too. Like it wasn't just like he comes back. He's like, so they've played some uh, some tour events that they call the Grand Slam. I believe the last <laughs> one was called something like was it the the players the the plane? <laughs> like just like maybe Vic doesn't know, but pretending not to know is great. And I love Vic so much. It was amazing, an amazing Vic yeah. performance this year. Very very good. All right, so Scott, what is the next category? Moving on, Sean, we've got uh, another poll. I've seemed to be getting all the polls. Yeah, you're getting all the I, polls. I like this. Yeah, it's great. Uh, well, Scott, so, Scott, people do often say that you are the voice of the people. Yeah, yeah, that's I, something I've heard uh, many <laughs> times. So the uh, the weirdest advertising strategy. We had three participants in this. Uh, we all know who they are because the commercials played. Every ad break, same commercials all the time. Pretty par for the course. We're going to come back and do another commercial ranking for this year's commercials. Uh, last year was a lot of fun to do that. So again, I'm going to go from the bottom up, Sean. Uh, maybe my least favorite commercial was the home hardware one <laughs> about this is for the Pizants. Yeah. The whole family. Yeah. Like, I felt it very, it was very patronizing. And so what we went with is local is local by local. <laughs> yeah. Because when local stays local, it's, uh, it's local, local supports local is like, okay, I get it. Like you like your small town. It's fine. Yeah. Lo- local uh, is so, as local does. Everyone knows that. <laughs> everyone knows that. Yeah. I mean, I go to the home hardware around the corner. So Good. I get it. I don't need uh, anyway. That's a weird home hardware too. It's packed to the gills, man. I don't know how people move around in there. I've been in there once or twice. It's insane. Yeah, it how is. Packed it, is. it is very, very full. And yeah. during COVID, it's very like, okay, what, <laughs> who's going, who's down this aisle? Anybody? <laughs> no. So uh, that finishes with the eight percent of the vote. Next up, Sean, thirty-eight point five percent of the vote, and that is Tim Hortons. Sean, Tim Hortons admitting that their food and their coffee has been terrible. But don't worry, we know it's been terrible, even though we told you before it was good. We know it's terrible, and now it is for sure good. Yeah. Very strange strategy, I thought. And it progressed over the course. Like at, at the start of the event, it was our dark coffee used to be bad. Now our dark coffee is good. Okay, that on its own, all right. But then once we got to the briar, it was, oh, our eggs were no good. <laughs> now our mm. eggs are good. Trust us. And then it got to, well, really the whole menu sucked, but <laughs> trust us now we've fixed the whole menu. Like it was that weird progression of, okay, the coffee, well, okay, we get it, the eggs. 
yeah, okay, fine. It was the whole menu. It's like it's like somebody was. It was like they were being cross-examined, and they were breaking in the process of being cross-examined harder. But nobody was cross-examining them. They were just volunteering this information. It's like the strategy when you just say nothing, leave the gaps of silence, and let them incriminate themselves. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. That, that's what it was like like to me. And Sean, I I don't usually drink Tim Hortons coffee. Uh, the only time I do is when I go to curling Canada events and that's what's there. Uh, but I, I always thought their dark coffee was better than their regular coffee. So maybe next time they'll, uh, I mean, last year they told us about their Arabica beans, yep. um, which is just mostly where coffee comes from. So <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's 38 and a half, 57 and a half percent, Sean. This is is the all timer. The uh, everybody poops. Did you know that? Yeah. Everybody poops. Everyone poops. Uh, interesting strategy. I was done with that song by well, basically as Joanne Rizzo was having food poisoning. I was done with that song. Uh, I, I don't like that ad. I do like what I did like that they did at the end though is they combined it into the poops and bleeds and spills all into like one one minute ad. Somehow I thought that was somewhat more tolerable than when it was just the 30 second ads. And it was a random of, is it the everybody poops, everybody spills or everybody bleeds or whatever it was. Yeah. Cause you never knew which one was coming. And uh, yeah, you, you objected to seeing the diaper, the poopy diaper. Yeah. The, the poopy diaper was not your favorite. Uh, I will say like, you know, seeing the bleeding, not ideal, but I, I'll give Scott the, Scott paper the you know you know what you're doing something different I guess it's yeah. Kruger not not Scott paper it is Kruger but, yeah. Uh, yeah like they're trying something different and you know that's fine they'll have a new one next year I hope so um, <laughs> uh, yeah I mean we did get talking baby for multiple years and we did get woman pushing the empty shopping cart into the corral for multiple years well, we'll see what happens, yeah. I guess. All right. So, so next up on the list, got the best theme of the year. And this is sort of theme on the broadcast. Things that come up over and over again. Our nominees are gear. Did you know the gear effect and this, was a thing? This is, uh, you know, obviously something that uh, we've learned. And you drink when you hear gear. Yeah. Just- uh, it's sort of the curling drinking game uh sean maybe we should do that as an episode uh curling drinking games play play a curling drinking game on the podcast um yeah yeah gear effect you hear it all the time russ is i don't know it's like something he made up that he's trying to make happen like fetch in mean girls right yeah he did say during one of the games where he said something like you know that's that gear effect i know i talk about the gear effect a lot some people would say too much but it's there yeah. and it's a thing. <laughs> yeah, I, he did say that. I, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah I choose good. to believe it's because whenever I hear him say the word gear, I just tweet all caps gear. <laughs> I choose to believe <laughs> that he has seen me do that. Uh, and that's why he says that. Uh, but I'm sure a lot of folks, I'm sure the producer just groans in his ear. You know, <laughs> like, it's like, all right, so the gear. Oh. Uh, next up, Greg Owasco doesn't sleep. Yeah, did you know that? He's just there all the time. I, I got Except it. when he's going to get dinner uh, yeah. at Swiss Chalet or whatever. And uh, oh, shoot, I got to fix the ice now. Yeah, like the, the three hours he has to relax is when the games are going on. <laughs> but other yeah. than that, they are there. 
Uh, but yeah, great performance by the ice crew, obviously. But yeah, Greg Owasco oh, yeah. just being this maniac who doesn't sleep and is always just working on the ice. That came across a lot on the broadcast. Sure did. Sure did. The next nominee, Scott, did you know that Calgary is a good city? Yeah, Sean. Uh, I had John Morris telling me it's a great place for fishing. <laughs> I had, uh, you know, tourism telling me it's a great place to, to come and party. Uh, I've been to Calgary. It's fine. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's a fine city. I, I don't have qualms. I, I don't have huge heaps of praise for it. It's fine. That's, that's my take on Calgary. Yeah. I, I did like the ad that they put on towards the end where they had the pre-shot stuff of like the stampede and a flames game and just hiking and, and maybe doing something in the river, like a kayak or canoe yeah. or something. But the stuff that they could film specifically for it was somebody walking through the airport, getting in a car and getting out at random spots and looking at tall buildings. Like, <laughs> like the idea was since everything, since all these fun things that we're also showing you aren't going on right now, you can come to our city and look at the buildings. Like, it was a very strange messaging. I thought yeah, for, for that, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I would like to go to Calgary, I, you know, go to the stampede or, or a stampeders game. There's also a, yeah. a golf course when you land at Calgary. I've never been to Calgary, but I've landed at the airport and had layovers a few times. There is a golf course that borders the airport that I think would be fun to play. Oh, there you go. Sean, we have a golf course in Ottawa that borders the airport. Do we? Yeah. Oh, I should go play that. Now that we're allowed to do such a thing of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Sean, like Calgary's fun. I've been to the stampede. It's, it's a lot of fun. I've been uh, just like passing through and visiting friends there and stuff. And like, it's, it's a fine town. Uh, I just like, you know, I understand that their job is to promote it, but yeah, I I think my favorite part of sort of the theme of, of Calgary too, was seeing the, and credit to them that they got new stock shots. It seems like for each event, but mm-hmm. seeing the snow melting and the, and in particular, the ice on the river going away. Yeah. I, I kind of yeah. like that. It was a nice barometer of how long they'd been there. And then Vic made a comment of that during the women's worlds. Uh, I think during the gold yeah. medal, he's like, remember when we got here, that was, there was ice out there. <laughs> oh, Vic. Very uh, different. Best in the business, but the best theme on the broadcast, Scott, Don McEwen getting more airtime than a third of the teams who showed up to play, despite the fact that she was not in the province. Yeah, Don McEwen, uh, a lot of time, a lot of screen time. Uh, of course, uh, she gave birth to a baby during the time that the bubble was going on. Yeah. Uh, so obviously not there. But yeah, like uh, a lot of screen time. Sean, you noticed that th- she probably got more screen time than like all of the team Yukon at the Scotties. Yeah. I I would say she got more airtime than the team Yukon for both men's and women's team Nunavut, both men's and women's the Northwest territory men. And, you know, pretty much all of the East coast teams other than Suzanne Burt at the Scotties. Like, yeah, like, yeah, Uh, it, it was a lot. Yeah. She got so much time. And and that's cool. And it was fun, right? They interviewed her even on the phone. One of the morning draws, they brought her in, but 
pretty much every time Lisa Weagle threw a rock, it was like pan to Don McEwen's cutter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the scepter of Don McEwen is still here. Yes. It was hanging over Lisa Weagle the entire, the entire <laughs> event. Yeah, and I'll say, it's, I think it's a good thing that Mike McEwen didn't make it to the Briar final because the game would have been we would have seen a third of Mike McEwen, a third of the other team, and a third of Don McEwen. That would have been the ratio <laughs> of what we saw. So, uh, and yeah. well deserved, you know. Obviously, a great player. Yeah, so. uh, probably the greatest lead of all time, mm-hmm. or at least mm-hmm. in, the, in the discussion. So, uh, but yeah, we, we certainly got a lot of Don McEwen. So she gets the best broadcast theme, superlative. Right on, right on. Next up, Sean is. Let me look at the screen. Oh, the unsung hero yeah. of the Briar, Sean. This was another fan vote, and uh, probably, you said it was your favorite one to put together. It you was, know? yeah. Took a lot of took a lot of thinking. A lot of uh, who who really edges out the other. Uh, the options are Kathy Gauthier, Kathy Gauthier, Kathy Gauthier, and Kathy Gauthier. Yeah, and people actually voted on it. <laughs> you know, you could have done Gauthier, Gauthier, Gauthier. <laughs> Or Goche. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Kathy Gautier is obviously the unsung hero of, of the bubble, working every day during the Briar and Scotties, and then the mixed doubles as well, sort of back to back to back. Just really, really, really a lot of work. Very great. Uh, very tough. Yeah. Good on. Yeah, I mean, she watches four games at a time, knows what's going on, even when she's on the broadcast in the morning. She yeah. she knows what's going on in the other games and can do the updates. Just incredible to me. And two, that you never see it. Not that we see her a lot, not that we see any of them a lot on the broadcast. You're on for you know a minute at the start. And if it's Kathy Goche on the afternoon evening draw, they put her on for like, I don't know, five seconds uh, briefly just to be like hey kathy's here but briefly yeah you never really see that she's tired like she always looks excited to be there happy to be there and i don't understand how she can do it yes real uh just like incredible energy yeah all right scott let's move into our prestige categories Ooh. We have four categories left. These are the ones that uh, really, I think, might elicit some discussion. But let's see. The next category up is the shot of the bubble. The best shot that we saw over the course of the three months. We have four contenders that we came up with. First one is Brendan Botcher. His shot to win the Briar semifinal against Matt Dunstone. This was an angle raise for two. And if he misses it, he loses the Briar semifinal. And mm-hmm. just a, a really kind of incredible shot to make in that circumstance. Very, very difficult shot. And he just sort of made it look easy, you know, by by making it like, oh, okay, boom, that's <laughs> fine. No big deal. Uh, devastating to team Dunstone, just, uh, a, a really, really great shot in a great, you know, time, right? So yeah. like very opportune, the timing of that shot. So Sean, we're going to read all four of these and then say which one's the winner. Yeah. Let's, let's do, do Let's do that for these ones. Yeah. Next nominee is Bruce Mowat. <laughs> Pretty much the exact same shot against Brandon Botcher in the players semifinal. It's pretty much the same angle. It was the same turn. Very close to the same spot on the ice. 
yeah, I think which one you you sort of value more is based on what you what event you value most, right? It, pretty much the same shot, very difficult, like I said for the last one, in the same situation to win a semifinal. Yeah. So uh yeah, uh, it's got to be on the list. Another semifinal contender. This is Kadriana Sahidek's mixed doubles semifinal draw against Peterman and Gallant. The pin was showing. That's she had to hit the pin with no backing. Yeah. Cold draw. She <laughs> did it. Yeah, with with another rock. Yeah, like the the Gallant rock or the Peterman rock rather was what like a thumb width away from the yeah from the pin if that just uh incredible touch uh great sweeping call like the line call everything had to be perfect on that one uh and again to win a semifinal yeah great shot yeah the semifinals were good <laughs> for the most part yeah, yeah better than the finals yeah uh, the last contender greg smith going around the horn on his shot in the round robin of the briar uh, the shot that was the, the leading into it, he said, hey, we're down. What's the worst? Like, why not? Let's just go for it. Makes it around yeah. the horn. It was the 1v1 winner for a whole week and is in the 1v1 Hall of Fame. There was a bunch of big weight shots over the course of the bubble that made a lot of noise and things went flying. I think that was the best one, though. I think it was too. You could maybe say the Kirk Myers shot in the mixed doubles where he did a similar sort of around the horn also very good, but uh, given the 1v1 and the greatness of Greg Smith, we, we decided to put him as the final nominee in this category. Yes. So, Scott, which one do you think should win? Well, Sean, I think that it should be that draw by Kadriana Sahidic. Like, just incredible touch. And to do it, like, we, isn't, she's not a player that we see in the four-person game. For her to come out in this atmosphere, obviously a great mixed doubles player, but just to be like, oh, you won the mixed doubles last time? Well, how about this? Boom. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was I was super impressed by it. Yeah, and I completely agree. And that is our winner, the Kadriana Sahidic draw in the mixed doubles semifinal. I think that was the toughest shot given circumstances that was made over the course of the week, we might've seen some shots that were of a higher degree of difficulty during round Robin and stuff, but given circumstances, everything that was going on, that was the most impressive. That was the shot that to me made me kind of, or made my draw jaw drop a little bit that, that I was amazed yeah. that it was made that as she's going down to throw it, Gallant says to Peterman, like, that's the best you could have done. Like there, <laughs> yeah. like that is she's like, Jocelyn Peterman made her shot perfectly. And then Sahidek had to do even better and she did it. it. I don't know. If you line that up a hundred times, it is it's definitely like less than a 20% chance you make it. Like it's it's, it's so such a great shot. And like we could have even maybe included uh Jocelyn Peterman's shot in this. That's yeah. how good her shot was. And then this one was just that much better. So yeah, that's uh that's the winner. All right, Scott, what is our next prestige category? Next prestige category, Sean, is the game of the bubble, which was the best game. Now, to be honest, like to me, there wasn't that many games that stood out as this is for sure a good game. Right. So, but we have three nominees in this category. Yep. Uh, the first one is the Botcher versus Cooey 
game in the round robin, not the final. Yeah, that so, was a uh, Friday afternoon in the championship pool. Yes, this pool. Was, was part of the championship pool. What a great game. Oh, it was a beaut. I think they and, each opened with threes. Yeah, and it was one of those like, boy, sign me up for this in the final again. Yeah, and then we had the final. Mm-hmm. and uh, A little, little less. Yeah, it, <clears> it, it was less. one of those games though that it was so good. Everybody was so on point with it, but it was also a case of both teams playing aggressively. Nobody was really conservative mm-hmm. because both both were in really good position to make the playoffs at that point. And they were sort of just going at it. And there wasn't a lot of defensive play, which I think contributed to it. And you needed that circumstance of both of them being in good shape for the playoffs to have that aggressive play. And nobody's really scared at that point. And I think you do see teams on their heels a lot more. Certainly early in the week, we saw it at the Briar and in the playoffs yeah. a little bit as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The uh, the next game, Sean, uh, the men's world final, uh, Bruce Mowat against... Nicodine. Now the scoreline for this game, it ended 10 to five, <clears throat> but that was because of a mistake that Mount made on his last up to that point, a very close game, mm-hmm. nip and tuck. The Scots were playing really, really well this, uh, in this event. I, I thought that they had a chance to take down a Dean, especially, <clears throat> excuse me, the way that a Dean was playing early in the week, but, uh, seemed to get his momentum back and delivered a really great final. Yeah, the, the final was really good. We talked about it at the time. The fifth end, how much I enjoyed the fifth end, the subtlety of the fifth end uh, as mm-hmm. being a lot of fun. Yeah, it was two teams playing at a very high level in very trying circumstances as we talked about the false positives before. So yeah, it was right. a, a wonderful game. So that was a, another one. And our last game, Sean, is the game that we just talked about uh, over for the shot. It's the Sahidiak. Sahidic Lot versus Peterman and Gallant semifinal in the mixed doubles. Uh, a lot of it had to do with the shot making in the last end, but up to that point in the game too, it was really, really excellently played. Yeah, uh, really crisp, well-played game, very entertaining. And one of those games where people say, hey, like, is, is mixed doubles good? Is it worthwhile to watch? Then you show them something like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But Sean, well, we know Scott, that only. Sorry, oh, we have another one. Well, I just want to. I just want to give a shout out before we announce our winner to okay. Matt Sussman, who uh, yes. did an article for the Curling News, where he ranked some of the best games that were put to a van vote, and some of them on here are a, a little surprising to me that are on here. He's got uh, Quebec PEI in the Scotties Round Robin, and. Okay, yeah, Suzanne Burt is great. Uh, there was a four in the ninth end for Quebec to to stay in that yeah. game. He also has uh, the Gushu Anderson Sahidic Lot final from the mixed doubles. Really? Yeah, I don't think that was a very good game as a blowout, uh, to be honest. So, so that's yeah. why I'm a little surprised on some of these. He has the Sahidic Lot Peterman Gallant game on there. Uh, the World's Women's Semifinal RCF in Sweden. He has the Scotties final, which. Mm, uh, I, I don't know about that. He also has the Briar yeah. final on there, uh, the World Men's final, and then the Briar semifinal is actually the the number one in his vote. So the Alberta Saskatchewan Briar semifinal, which the first half of of that game was very very um, tentative, boring, tentative. Let's say okay. So okay. So th- so, but shout out to Matt Sussman in the show notes for this. We'll link to that 
if you want to see some of the choices on there. But I, I think, Scott, our pick for this winner, I, I don't think it's close, and neither do you. No, no. It's it's obviously the Bacharkui game. Uh, two of the best teams in the world playing at a high level, you know, just going at it, like you said. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that raises the bar above any of these other games. Yeah, it was a prize fight, man. It, it really was. Just two guys in the middle of the ring just going after each other. It was great. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So so that's the game of the bubble. Sean, what's the next category? Scott, it is the team of the bubble. We had some very solid team performances. Now, this category, of course, is somewhat skewed based off of some teams just having more opportunity in the bubble than other teams. Mm -hmm. So it, it does skew a little bit, but we did have some spectacular team performances starting off with Kerry Anerson. They win the first event in the bubble with the Scotties. They also win the Players' Championship. And the four of them combined, I know Kerry Anderson herself with Brad Gushu won the mixed doubles, but all four of them played really well during the mixed doubles. The worst record that any of them had was three and three during the mixed doubles. So just combined all of them during the, the mixed doubles, I think would count towards team of the bubble. Just a start to finish. Well, start to finish minus six games. Uh, <laughs> really a tremendous performance. Yeah. And especially after falling to one and five in the world women's yeah, to, to be able to fight back from that <clears throat> finish with a, a playoff berth and an Olympic berth for Canada, a lot of grit, a lot of guts. Like you say, all four of them were there for the mixed doubles. It was a long haul yeah. of curling uh, for those four ladies and definitely worthy of consideration for team of the bubble. Yes. Uh, so next up is team Homan. They get to the final of the Scotties. They get to the uh, Players' Championship, or excuse me, the Champions' Cup final and win it, uh, make the playoffs at the Players. And, oh, by the way, uh, Rachel Holman had a baby during that time. In between, yeah. yeah just had a baby. So uh, uh, just a, an incredible performance by all of them. If you add in the fact, too, that you have Sarah Wilkes, their new player, to perform at that level, having never played the four of them together, Really just a, a tremendous stretch for that team. Yeah. Uh, incredible story for them. You know, I think when we did our preview of the Scotties, I said, boy, I don't know, like Rachel Holman's eight months pregnant is, I don't, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I don't think they'll make the final, but uh, proved all the naysayers wrong. Yeah. Like me. Sure. So sure yeah, did. definitely a worthy team. All right, next up, we'll shift over to the men's side of the ledger. Team Botcher getting over the hump at the Briar for their first win, four straight finals. They get there, and then they qualify Canada for the Olympics during the men's getting to that qualifying round, losing to Scotland. But I think for me, Scott, I put them on this list because they were able to get over the hump, uh, get that win, solid performance during the briar obviously and then to come back after the injury to darren molding after a struggle for brendan botcher at the mixed doubles himself with mm -hmm. karik and brad leaving the bubble coming back in without having the opportunity to practice and going right into that men's worlds just a, a, a just an incredible performance for them they didn't play 
great during the players missing the playoffs. They did okay during the Champions Cup, which to me is just incredible that they I would have just mm-hmm. thrown in the time. I would if I was them, I would have been 0-5 in the players. Like no question <laughs> yeah. about it. So just uh, yeah. an incredible endurance performance by that team. Yeah, very good endurance performance. I think for me, it might be slightly below the other two just based on the mixed doubles. Uh, stuff that went on, like well, stuff that went on, the the records yeah. and the mixed doubles not being as strong as the other teams. But yeah. you're right. That is like for them to get over the hump in this, they've got to be one of, one of the feel good stories and one of the teams, best teams to come out of the bubble this year. Yeah. And then the final team up for nomination in this category, it's Team Mowat, the runners up of the world championship, losing to Nick Edine. Then they go on to win the Players' Championship. Just a, a very solid performance for that team all around. Another step in the progression for those four guys who are looking pretty good as we head into Beijing. Yeah, like what more can you do? I guess win the World Championship, yeah, right? Yeah, pretty much. They're one one shot away, <clears throat> you know, by rolling a little too far and giving up a five. Yep. So, yeah, great uh, year for the Scottish curling team on the men's side. Uh, if you contrast it with what's going on on the women's side, you know, you got to think Scottish men's curling is in a better spot now. And I don't think you would have said that going into the bubble. Yeah. So for them to come out and uh, really be dominant, uh, really, really great uh, three or four weeks for them. Yeah. It's really hard to, to just sustain at a high level for that long. And their ability to do that, to win, to, to really come off of the world championship loss, you have a day mm-hmm. turnaround, and then to come around and to win the Champions Cup, just incredible to do it that fast. And then to turn around and say, well, well we're still here. Let's just win the next one too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, great, uh, great effort for sure. Yeah. So Scott... Those are the four teams that we have nominated with all due respect to the other teams that won things. We, we think those are the top four. And I don't know how close this one is either because we're giving it to Team Anerson. Overall solid performance all the way through. They were by far the best team at the Scotties. Full fare for that win. And then yeah. to win a an event, uh, the, the players off of that, solid performance at the mixed doubles and to come back from that one in five start at the women's worlds to secure the playoff spot, get Canada into the Olympics, just, just given the circumstance, how long they'd been there, how long it'd been since they'd seen their families. Incredible that they were able to pull this off. Incredible. Just a really, really great uh, story, you know, for, for Anderson to win the mixed doubles too, just, and for all of them to do as well as they did, like you said, yeah, really, really great uh, team performance. So my vote goes to them and they're our winners. Yes. So that's 11 categories, which means you have one left. Scott, what one is category left, Sean? Yeah, what is the most prestigious category of the bur- bubble superlatives? So Sean, this is going to be the player of the bubble. Yeah. The player of the bubble. Um, so we have five nominees in this category. Wait a minute. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, we have six nominees wow. in this category. Uh, loaded. Loaded category this year, Sean. 
<clears throat> we'll start with Carrie Anderson herself. As we mentioned, uh, their team just won the team of the bubble. She herself won mixed doubles with Brad Gushu. So could you do any better than that? I mean, probably not. Uh, great individual performance from Carrie. Yeah, spectacular. Uh, next up, Carrie's third, Val Sweeting, getting her first Canadian championship at the, or I guess her second, her first time to go to the, the Worlds, yep. like the whole team. Uh, had a, a really great Worlds. I thought she played really well. Yeah. Uh, wasn't getting the results. So, but uh, a great time for Val. Yep. What do you say about Val? Absolutely. And a good playoff run too with Mark Kennedy. And it's sort of interesting too that their loss in the playoffs of the mixed doubles was one of those things where you look at team dynamics of Val's throwing last, mm. but Mark was kind of calling it. And Val was saying, well, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. Cause she knew what she wanted to throw and it wasn't what they ended up throwing. But overall, like that, I think that team, if they stay together and try to get the trial spot next year, that, that that's a team that could win, assuming that neither of those two players are going with their four person teams. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, next up, Sean, we talked about their team, uh, Bruce Mowat. Uh, what more can you say? Their their team got a silver and two golds. So yeah. he's throwing last rock. He's he's a big reason for it. Yeah, he was great all week. I mean, the team it's a really good team, but he was great. Uh, both both in terms of the shot making, but there were moments where the front end were calling down. And saying, "Hey, what about this?" And Grant too, like the three of them mm-hmm. were calling down, like, "Hey, what about this?" And he would just go, "Yeah, yeah, no, nah, not really nope. feeling that." So, <laughs> you know, he 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 was just in such control all week, uh, or all three weeks of the line calls, the strategy, and then the execution. He was just really in the zone, very much in the zone. Sean, next up, can you name for me the only player who has gone has won every Scotties she's gone to? Well, I, is this the the case that, that this is the only person who's ever done this? We don't the know only that person. it's happened like in the 50s. The only person who's ever done it? Shannon Burchard. Shannon Burchard. Uh, you got to include her here. Uh, the great lunch or uh, great run she had with Catlin. Don't call me Caitlin Schneider at mixed doubles. Uh, they, they were a pretty good team. Uh, like Like I said, she has never lost a Scotty's Sean. She played with Jennifer Jones and now two with Carrie Anderson. Uh, pretty incredible, just an incredible player and, uh, somebody that you want on your team because she's got the good mojo. Yeah, definitely. And I I think, and the the fact that we're not including all four of them on this list, spoiler, uh, isn't necessarily (laughs) a reflection of how we feel about uh, Brad Mayer. It's more that, for me, at least watching these games, Shannon Burchard was able to save ends. And, and when they needed to bail early or make a big draw early, she was able to do that. And leads just don't have the same opportunity to do that. So Shannon Burchard having that great effect on the game and then having the sweeping ability as well, uh, just a, a really great performance. And, and I think the best front end performance that we saw over the course of the bubble. Agree with you there. So, Sean, we talked about a front-end player. Let's get back to the skips because everybody loves the skips. Brendan Botcher, their team wins the first Briar, the first in four tries. Uh, Brendan himself plays amazing with his long socks. (laughs) What do you think? 
yeah, a solid performance by by Brandon Botcher, no question about it. Some big bailout shots when Darren was struggling during the Men's World Championship to keep them in games and win some games when Darren either his back was still not feeling great or he was just off during that men's world. So mm-hmm. really for me, that's it. Like the Briar was the full team. They were on all cylinders, but the men's world championship was really more about Brendan Botchers coming in and saving the day in a lot of ends. Yeah. And I, I think maybe his mixed doubles performance uh, knocks him down a notch below these other players here, but uh, you got to include him in the field uh, for what a special player he is. Yeah. Next. And, and last on our list, Sean, uh, superwoman herself, uh, Rachel Holman. Yeah. We, we couldn't make this list without including Rachel Holman comes in sort of defies everyone's expectations. Maybe not everyone, but uh, <laughs> a lot of people's expectations at the, at the Scotties makes a great run to the final, uh, then goes away, has a baby. Ho-hum, uh, comes back and wins a grand slam event and then gets to the final of the, the next one. Uh, just like a pretty, pretty amazing yeah. here for, for Rachel Holman. Yeah. Scott, you say it might not be everyone's expectations. I think it is everyone's expectations, including Rachel Holman, because they had Laura Walker there to play. Emma yeah. Miskew did a number of interviews talking about how excited she was to skip just in case anything ever happens where Rachel gets an injury or something. She has to skip. Like they talked about how this was going to be, a good building moment for them and they could use this experience going forward. So the team itself didn't expect Rachel Holman to, to not only play, <laughs> play, but to play really well. Like it is, it is mind blowing that she was able to do that. Yeah. Just uh, just an incredible performance. So Sean, going down to, to the winner here. Yeah. I got to say that I think the team Anderson players must have all split the vote <laughs> because you and I together have, have decided Rachel Holman is, is obviously the winner of this the player yeah. of the bubble, uh, pretty superhuman feat, uh, incredible athlete, incredible competitor. Yep. Uh, just showing off what, uh, what it's all about in the Calgary bubble. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, No questions uh, whatsoever. And, you know, they talked about it even during the broadcast too, that she didn't have a chance to slide and play as she was getting bigger during the pregnancy. So you show up to the Scotties Mm -hmm. and, you know, your center of gravity is going to be a little different. And just being able to pick that up right away, not miss a beat. Phenomenal. Just a phenomenal performance by Rachel Holmes. Great performance. So, uh, that that uh, puts a wrap on our awards show. Sean, I want to thank all the nominees for giving us all the content. It's an honor to be nominated, uh, definitely. And and all the winners, congratulations. Uh, take these uh, accolades with you, You know, put in your Twitter bio, yep. do whatever you want with it. But uh, well done. Certainly this I'm sure will help with sponsors. You know, <laughs> if you say that you got one of our superlatives, you know, the sponsors are going to love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They will. Yeah. So, uh, so let us know out there what you think of these categories. Is there something we missed in any of the categories? Are there other categories that maybe we could still put up polls about if you think that there's something obvious out there that we missed? Certainly do let us know. Get in touch on social media. It is at Game of Stones Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can always email the show at Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. 
So that'll do it for this week. Uh, that was fun. I, I enjoyed that, Scott. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Good, uh, good job by everybody in the bubble, and good job by you by uh, thinking of that. Yes, it was. Uh, it was fun to think of that. <laughs> I have to say, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, please do subscribe to the show if you have not yet. Wherever it is, you get your podcast likes, rates, comments, all that fun stuff helps other people find us, keeps us going. And also, head on over to gameofstonespod.com. I will put all of these up as a blog post. So, if you go to gameofstonespod.com, click on blog, uh, this will be available. All the nominees will put links to the shots we'll embed the videos for the shots and do a bunch of stuff so if you want to head on over and explore this a little more it'll be available over on gameofstonespod.com and over there you can also find all the merch as we head into the summer so the t-shirts are still there maybe maybe you don't want the toque right now or the hoodie but before you know it before you know it scott it's gonna be cold again yeah, it's going to be curling season again. So uh, stock up on those toques yeah. while you uh, while you got the chance. Why not, eh? Yeah. And actually, I had a or I have a colleague in Calgary who told me that it snowed there yesterday. Yeah, I saw a, f- a photo on uh, Instagram from a friend out there. So uh, yeah, still can use their toque in Calgary. So uh, so head on over to gamersonspot.com in the merch tab. Scott, we have one event sure. left. The World Mixed Doubles is going on. We will talk about it at some point, so keep an eye out on the feed for that. And then after that, we are back into the summer schedule, and we'll be doing Tuesdays this year. Yeah, I figured a good day to get out. Uh, Tuesdays works with our schedule, and uh, you know we'll be dropping regular episodes for your listening enjoyment. Absolutely. So, So be on the lookout for that. Enjoy the games this weekend. Enjoy the long weekend. Everybody across the country and for our international friends, have a great normal weekend. We'll talk to you again next week. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.